0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 right across Australia. You're with Lyle and Monica and our quiz. Nobody has answered our quiz question. It wasn't That's very- because
1: it's hard, Lyle. Yeah, no, it
0: wasn't hard. I got that one straight not away. Not for you. <laughs> Let me give you two clues yeah. at once. Okay, so I, I was down to the third clue the other day before I got one. All right, so two clues at once coming up?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, you right. ready? Okay. So the first clue was, Teal, son of Laish, was my second husband. And then the next clue—that clue is kind was, of random. The, it is really—I've never heard those words before. The next clue is: I was given away as a bride for the price of one hundred Philistine foreskins.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a girl. That's right. She was. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. the next clue is: I despised my husband because he disrobed himself and danced in front of slave girls.
0: Well there you go. It who is this? Sounds like a person? Hollywood
1: movie, doesn't it? <laughs> it
0: does. This is like
1: a Foreskins and dancing in front of slave girls. Like what is going on? This
0: is a unique one right here. So, what is the answer? Then give us a call 1-800-324-843 or give us a text message on 0491-064-669. See who can find the answer to this one. I think this is actually one of the hardest ones we've had. I just happened to um, to know that first clue and, you know, but it is one of the definitely yes, one
1: of the Hardest who am I I've I've heard. I've only been here like a week, but that's the hardest one so far for me. (laughs) uh,
0: We give you all a bit of a break, but uh, give us a call. Let us know the answer. You get bragging rights this morning, plus, you will get a. I think Melissa, Melissa right? Otto
1: CD. That's right. yeah. Yes,
0: indeed. Okay, so with our Encounter with God section, we have been talking about the letter to the Celts.
1: Drama. I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm so excited. Maybe I'm one of those people who likes, you know, secretly reality TV and watching drama. But I, I'm you watch reality TV? <laughs> no, I don't. But, you know, <laughs> you know, when someone's having a domestic and you can't help but have a gander, <laughs> I feel like we're having a gander at this Galatian drama.
0: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And as you read through the introduction to the book of Galatians, this is really what you're getting because the introduction is subtly but strongly different to all of the other introductions Mm -hmm. that there are in the book. And we noticed yesterday that... You know, in you know all the other introductions to Paul's letters, is like this is from Paul to the city in Colossians. This is the Paul to the city in Philippi. This Mm is you know Paul and Timothy writing to wherever. And in this one, this is a Paul, an apostle of Christ, not by men, but by Jesus Christ. You know, he starts off like, okay, I'm Paul. I know I'm being undermined here, but let me tell you, I am an apostle chosen by God Himself.
1: Yeah, it's like instead of being nice, he's like, all right, you lot, listen up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes on because. I find it fascinating, you know. All of your other um, your, your other epistles begin with, you know, after this is Paul writing to, say, the city in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, then, uh, if if you um, you know if if you work your way back through some of these other introductions that you have here, uh, for instance, in Romans chapter one and verse eight, uh, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. And if you compare that then with, uh, let's just flick over very quickly to uh, 1 Corinthians. And we will go down to verse 4 where it says, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given to you. And then if you go over to, oh, let me find another one, uh, Philippians. And we'll go down to verse 3 where it says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God.
1: It's so warm and fuzzy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. is. You've got the same thing happening again
0: and again and again. Uh, First Thessalonians, you go over there, verse 2, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly.
1: And so this is his theme. He's making people feel special. I feel special
0: just reading that. And every time he begins his letter, he says, this is Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Mm-hmm. We thank God for you. This is Paul to the church in Rome. We thank God for you. This is Paul to the church in Philippi. We thank God for you. And then when you come to Galatians. <laughs> it's a different. Do you know what? I love
1: that you can learn so much, not just about what the Bible says, but how the Bible says it. Yeah. It's so fascinating just by looking at the way Paul's written his letters, not just what he's written, but how he's written it, it just opens up a whole other layer of this, this information, this intrigue, this study. It's
0: amazing. Give us the first, give us uh, verse, uh, let me see, uh, verse 3 through
1: 5. Where are we looking at
0: Of Galatians. Galatians 1, verse 3 to 5.
1: Galatians 1, verse 3 to 5. So
0: this is the equivalent passage where he should be saying, we thank God for all of you Celtic believers.
1: Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so he makes it it's a little bit
0: different. It's still very positive. Uh-huh. He always begins positive, uh-huh. but he's making a point.
1: He certainly is. Present evil age.
0: He, he speaks about the present evil age and he contrasts the present evil age with the death of Jesus Christ, which is the solution.
1: It's almost like a reminder, isn't it?
0: It is very much a reminder, particularly when you look at the circumstances of what is taking place here in uh, amongst the, the Galatian Christians, amongst the Celtic Christians. You see, the Judaizers had come to the Celtic church and, and had led them astray from the gospel. And they'd said, no, you're not saved by grace in Jesus Christ. You're saved by becoming a Jew. You need to literally become a Jew. Only Jews are saved, so you need to become a Jew. Therefore, you need to be circumcised because you cannot become a Jew without being circumcised.
1: Oh, That's what was going on. This is the the source of the drama.
0: This is the source of the drama. And so Paul, in a very nice way, he says, hey, guys, it's all about the gospel. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the cross. It's not about becoming a Jew.
1: Are you sure he said it that nicely, Lyle? <laughs>
0: Well, we just read it right there. It's, it's
1: it's it is it is nice. Yeah, but he has some pretty strong things to say it later it on in the book. Doesn't stay nice, does it? We, <laughs> no. we do the
0: like the next verse. <laughs> okay, verse six. What does verse six say?
1: Verse six says, "I am astonished that you so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel."
0: Okay, so most other books you're going to find this really nice introduction is going to last for you know quite a few verses. You know, maybe mm-hmm. even a whole chapter of just. Saying how nice things are. And here he begins by with a defensive his apostleship because he's being undermined. He then continues on by, like, okay, guys, focus on Jesus Christ here. And he says it in a really nice way. And then whack, he just slaps him around the face. <laughs> I mean. like, Why did you leave the gospel? <laughs> what went wrong here, guys?
1: No, and I, I read um, actually that the word he used to describe them was basically the same word that you'd use to describe uh, soldiers who actually desert the army, desert their country, and are disloyal, and they turn. They're like they're turncoats. Like that's the, a, a traitor. strength. That, yeah, a traitor. A
0: treasonous traitor.
1: Yeah, like, that's pretty strong that's language.
0: Very strong language. A tree. He calls them treasonous traitors here in this passage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to uh, look in a little bit more detail at all of the drama that is taking on here taking place here and the foundation behind it being this whole issue of circumcision and how Paul talks about you know whether this is necessary for salvation or whether it's not necessary for salvation
1: and what it means for us.
0: Yeah and how it's been undermining the power of the gospel there amongst the Celtic Christians. <music>
2: Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Okay, so if we go to some other passages in Galatians, um, in fact, if we go over to chapter five, this one's a classic one. In chapter five, now, now before we go there, there was there was something else here I wanted to. Um, where was it? I found something else in chapter one. That's right, in chapter one and verse eight. Here it is. And I want you to, you know, while Paul is in the process of um, giving some people a verbal slap around the face, mm-hmm. um, he speaks about those who have, uh, how should I describe it, led them astray. Mm-hmm. So the Judaizers who have come up and led them astray and said, look, you need to become Jews, you all need to become circumcised, else you're not going to be saved. If you're not a Jewish person, you are lost. Okay. Um, and so Paul's pretty upset about this because the Celtic Christians have been led astray by this. And uh, in verse 8 he says, let God's curse fall on anyone, wow, including us or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of gospel than the one we preach to you. So that's strong language is like, if there's a different kind of gospel comes along, somebody says, no, 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 salvation is not by grace alone. Salvation is by grace and circumcision. Then... He plain straight out Says look Let God's curse Fall upon He sounds really
1: angry Let me just big picture it For a second So he's gone He's done missionary work In, in Galatia Yeah he was the
0: first person first To take person the gospel there. to them So he
1: took the gospel there And now he's come around For a second visit Only to discover That these Judaizers Have come along And have been infiltrating The church there And giving them False doctrine And telling them That it has, that righteousness Is based by works Instead of faith mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's angry about it
0: mm-hmm. guess, okay. guess how angry he is
1: and Tell me more <laughs>
0: Chapter 5. We'll go to chapter 5 and verse 12. This is one of the strongest statements anywhere in the Bible. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would castrate themselves. Whoa! Oh my <laughs> Run, that's wrong language. Wow, he's, he's really Paul angry. said that, he, yeah. didn't, he is not holding back.
1: But he you know, when, you, when you've done a lot of hard work and someone comes along to undermine it, you would be really angry.
0: This is not the kind of sermon that you would typically hear in church. No, absolutely. I think I've if you preached this a answer. sermon like this in church, you would have some members who would be pretty upset. Yeah. Paul is just coming straight out and he is confronting evil and error and sin and calling it by its right name. And this is the kind of sermon that really upsets people, but the kind of sermon we need to hear on occasions.
1: Do you think that maybe God gets this upset? You know, because he, if you think about Paul's hard work, a uh, way we as people, and not so much the hard work, but, you know, God wants to have this relationship with us. He wants to, you know, put in this mm. beautiful, you know, relationship. And it takes work. And then along comes the devil and undermines it and starts to, like, chip away at it and, and create deception. Do you think God gets that angry about the fact that he wants to be connected to us, but we're allowing falsehoods, you know, to cloud I that? I think
0: it must be absolutely hot wrenching for Him. You think about this for a moment. You think about, say, a relationship here on this earth and let's say that um, you've got a great relationship with somebody. You're just deeply in love with each other and then some other people come along and they start to undermine it. Mm. And suddenly you realize that they've been successful and that this person no longer loves you anymore. It would be heartbreaking. It would be absolutely heartbreaking. And I can see God being both heartbreaking and righteously angry at the same time.
1: So tell me, how did the Galatians... Respond to this letter.
0: Oh, You want to jump to the end of the book already. <laughs> I'm
1: just dying to know how that... Like, how would you respond if someone said that to you? Like, I wish these people would, you know...
0: Now, Paul wasn't the most con- confrontational preacher in the Bible. He wasn't? No, you've got John the Baptist who called the uh, Jewish leaders a, um, a den of vipers. Oh, mercy. A viper being a snake. I hate snakes. A pit of snakes. <laughs> okay. And whited sepulchres, graves. Uh huh. Graves that are full of dead men's bones on the inside. You know, there's some rather strong language you'll find in different places in the Bible. You've got Nehemiah, who was probably the most confrontational preacher ever. Um, and the Bible talks about where he actually. Um, it says it very politely, but um, he smote some people, which means that he hit them. <laughs> he hit them. He, he beat them, them up, <laughs> like, and he pulled out some beards.
1: He pulled out, he pulled out, beards? out some beards. Oh mercy! That's like almost like nutrition <laughs> level These stuff. Were like
0: super, super rebellious people. He was the governor, and uh, I guess this was his. Uh, this was um, you know it's his particular. Um, uh, uh, punishment that he was bringing upon certain people the but the bible <laughs> is full of
1: surprising stories so tell me if we if we come across these like really i guess sort of hard-hitting stories we read these um you know these angry accounts what is it we should be like paying attention to like you know
0: okay i'm going to show you something okay yep and this is found in revelation chapter 14 Think over there real quick
1: revelation chapter 14
0: and this is the strongest language you'll find anywhere in the Bible because if you're looking for strong language, God is the one who actually holds the record for the strongest language. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering, like, you know, if I'm going to be reading this stuff, what, what should I be paying attention to? Like, when so this is does going this down? mean
0: that we have an angry, hateful God who is just trying to smash people? mm Revelation 14 and verse 9, it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out undiluted into the cup of his indignation. Wow. Slow down to say that word. Okay, so what you've got here is this. Jesus is coming to us with a message. And this is one of those grab you by the shoulders, shake you, wake up, intervention Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of messages. And he's trying to grab our attention because something terrible is about to take place. And more or less Jesus is saying, look, this is what I have experienced. This is what I took for you. I've been there. I've experienced the wrath of God because I died for your sins on Calvary. And because I died for your sins on Calvary, because I have experienced it on your behalf, you don't need to. Mm. Don't experience it. I've done it for you already. I am the lamb that was that gave his life for you. And so Jesus doesn't want us to. And it's a little bit like, you know, if you've got a little kid standing out in the middle of the road and a big truck is coming, you're going to scream at them, get off the road. Absolutely. And sometimes God does that. And sometimes Paul does that and John the Baptist and Jesus and who is God, got and uh, Nehemiah and others in the Bible.
1: So Paul's not necessarily got an anger problem. He's just telling the people to get off the road because they're about to be hit by a truck. That's right. Absolutely. I'm so interested to in hear more about this truck.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's talk about these Juda- Judaizers. Mm-hmm. They have come to the Celtic church. They have undermined Paul. They're like, yeah, you know, he's not such a great apostle because he had like this brief moment with Jesus there on the Damascus Road. And then they have supposedly recruited the Apostle Peter and tried to make this difference between Peter and Paul. Like, yeah, yeah, we're followers of Peter rather than Paul.
1: Should they just be followers of Jesus?
0: Absolutely. And Paul addresses it in the letter to the church in Corinth. Like, yeah, some people say they follow James and some Peter and some Paul and some Apollos. You know, we well we're going to come back Christ. to those
1: letters in a second We're just going to take a quick break and listen to Anna and Genuine Love and we'll be right back With a third part of our Encounter with God Learning about strong language in the Bible this morning <laughs> Welcome back to Faith FM, you're here with Lyle and Mon and we are wading through the book of Galatians. We're about to find out about this truck that is bearing down on the believers and Paul, metaphorical truck, metaphorical truck, mm-hmm, and Paul mm-hmm. is shaking them by the shoulders and yelling at them to get out of the way. So okay,
0: that's good. And before we do that, we need to get some more clues away.
1: Oh yes, clues for our Who Am I oh, quiz. Don't have an answer yet. So It's
0: going quite a ways this time. Somebody needs to find the answer, do some digging.
1: I'm going to rattle through the riddle rehash. The first three clues. So, Palatial, son of Laash was my second husband. Mm-hmm. So, there was a first husband. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there was a first husband. Okay, so here's a clue. Husband. Here's a clue. There was a first husband. Mm-hmm. Then there was a second husband, and then there was the first husband again. Oh really? Yeah, this is Man, like
1: this is this is this is some serious. This is quite
0: the <laughs> This Daddy's, is a Hollywood movie. This days of here. our lives, right here.
1: I was given away as a bride for the price of one hundred Philistine foreskins, mm. and I despise my husband because he disrobed himself and danced in front of slave girls. Mm. And oh, this clue gets a bit easier. David was my first husband. My name begins with the letter M. <laughs>
0: How many clues have we gone through?
1: That's four. That's
0: Just four. four. <laughs> so we're sitting right on the record right now. So see uh-huh. how you go. Let's see if we can not break the record and make it to five. Uh, so give us a call, one eight hundred three two four eight four three 324 843 or text us on uh, what number? Are they?
1: 0491-064-669.
0: Or drop us a line on our Facebook account and we will... Send you, you
1: a, send you a Melissa Otto CD. right. Yeah. Prize
0: coming right up. Prize coming right up. So um, plus you'll have bragging rights for solving one of the most difficult questions we have had on Faith FM this morning. Okay, whereabouts are we up to? We are in the Book of Galatians. Okay, that's right. We were talking about how there was this drama and how they were Judaizing. You know, what's interesting in this book is that you know Paul has obviously been undermined and they've recruited some of the the, the Jewish. Mm -hmm. missionaries, Mm -hmm. probably unwittingly to their side, like, yeah, 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 Paul, he's not such an apostle. We really should be, you know, Peter, James, these kinds of guys, they're, they're, they're on our side. And so Paul turns around and shares with them a little bit of history as to what has taken place in the past. Oh, yeah. Shares with them a story. Oh, yes, indeed. Okay, so we go to chapter 2. We're going to skip ahead here very quickly. In chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says, And when James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars in the church, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they would go to the Jews. Okay, so we've got this this whole story happening here. Um, You know, Peter, James, and John. There's a couple of points that jump out to me straight away. Mm-hmm. This is like, these guys seem to be pillars. Okay. Now we know that James was the leader of the church in Jerusalem at the time of the Jerusalem Council. And you've got these three guys who are leading the missionary work to the Jewish people at this particular time, even though Peter has done significant work amongst the Gentiles.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: My question is why does he say that they seem to be pillars if as some people would say, and maybe you've got the answer for this and would like to give us a call on it, why do you say that they seem to be pillars if there are those who say that Peter was the first pope? Wouldn't that have been clear back in those days?
1: Man, you got me all confused now. Yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah,
0: lots of people come to me like, yeah, Peter was the first pope. I'm like, well, actually the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that they seem to be very significant but that uh, No James was the one Who led out In the first oh. church council
1: So you're saying That James should be the Pope? No oh, well, Pope simply <laughs>
0: means uh, bishop So yeah Okay Oh Okay. Anyway moving on from there um, That's just a side point That's a side point mm-hmm. So They've been set aside To take uh, the, Paul and Barnabas Have been set aside To take the gospel To the Gentiles Going down to verse 11 Notice what happens But when Peter came to Antioch I had to oppose him To his face Like openly for what he did was very wrong. This is uh, moving on to verse 12 now of chapter 2. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians. Now, this was something that a Jewish person would simply never do. Mm-hmm. They would, you, know, you would never a, a Jewish person would never share a meal with a, with a Gentile.
1: Because they were considered unclean or something? Yeah, that's
0: right. And, and then you'd be ceremonially unclean for the rest of the day or week or whatever it oh, was, and it would be more hassle than it was worth. So you'd just never do that kind of a okay. thing. Uh, Peter had done this with Cornelius. This was not new for him. God had communicated to him and said, you shouldn't call any person unclean. Uh, When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentiles, who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat it with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy. Even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy.
1: I think it's just such a shame that anyone should refuse to eat with any other human being for yeah. any reason at oh, all. It's
0: just terrible shame, I and mean, you don't find this anywhere in the Bible. This was not instruction that God ever gave to the Jewish people. Yeah, it's something that made up about themselves.
1: Okay, so first it was them being unclean, and then it was about them not being circumcised, and it's like you know, it's almost like they're finding any excuse to come up with this. This line that they like to have between the, the different people. A
0: massive them and us.
1: Yeah, a massive them and us.
0: You know, Christian churches do the same thing today. We do? We do. We form cliques.
1: Okay, fair enough. Yep, we form cliques. You That's think about it, true. your church
0: has cliques in it and you have certain cliques that get together and they always hang out together and new people come along and we're like, yeah, we're such a friendly church. We're the most friendly church there is on the planet. Well, the reason that you feel like you're a friendly church is because you talk to your friends every uh-huh. Saturday or every Sunday when you come to church. That's true. Uh, but you're not a friendly church because someone new turns up and they don't get talked to. You. Do
1: you know, maybe what I said this earlier about the, um, the hospitality sector fighting back. Maybe that's a way that we can maybe break down those lines, share food together.
0: Absolutely. I think it's a biblical principle. The uh, early Christian church, the foundation of the early Christian church was doctrine, prayer, and food. Actually, it was doctrine, food, and prayer in that order.
1: Doctrine, food, prayer. Yeah. Put that on your to-do list, everyone, this weekend. Doctrine, food, prayer.
0: Absolutely. Those three things go together to form the evangelism model of the early church. And here we find that uh, right here in the book of Galatians, people were kind of doing the opposite, weren't they?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the dramatic book of Galatians, but we're now going to have a little break and we're going to let Neil Thompson talk to us about Love Matters. We'll be right back after that.
3: Salvation. Oh,
4: anxiety stopping you from living a happier life faith fm and we explore health would like to invite you to the Nedley depression and anxiety recovery program an internationally acclaimed well-being course designed to help you get your life back there are two free introductory sessions to find out if this eight-week program is right for you or someone you know that needs help you can attend either on Sunday, March 4, 161 Central Road, Nun Wadding at 2 p.m. Or Monday, the 5th of March at Box Hill Library at 7.30 p.m. For more information, call 0491 074 628. That's 0491 074 628. Or you can contact us right here at Faith FM. Welcome back. You're listening to Love Matters with Neil Thompson. The subject we're looking at today is... Such an important one. It's like, how do you keep the faith when you're not seeing any results? How do you keep hanging in there when it seems like winter of your relationship is lasting not just one season, but like for years even? Well, the thing is this. I remember a uh, 21st wedding anniversary of friends of ours back in New Zealand. It was a beautiful event, and the, the couple... Our dear friends stood up and they shared and they t- they proposed a toast to each other and to love itself and to life. What they said was this, and it's significant, and I want you to think about this. They said that they'd gone through a winter in their relationship, and the winter was hard and it was tough, and it was a lot longer than they anticipated, and the winter had depression. It had just a sense of sadness and despair and almost despondency. At that point, lots of couples just quit, and they call, it, they call it a day and say, you know, we've lost the spark, we're going to quit. Ah, we've, this has happened or that's happened, and, you know, and they make it all about me and what's not happening for me in that moment. What this couple did, and this is what I'd want any person to do in this circumstance, is to actually realize that life is like that sometimes. Life can have a wilderness wandering. You know, the children of Israel wandered in a desert for 40 years, not because God wanted them to, but because they weren't ready for what was going to come next. And it's like that in our life. Sometimes we can get stuck in a rut and we don't know how to shift. So in those moments, how do we keep going? Remember the second part of this speech was, that was our life and we were stuck in that rut and it was going for years. And then... We pushed through. Then we discovered that there is a promised land. There is a Jordan River that we crossed. And when we crossed that, we discovered there was milk and honey on the other side. And we could tell by being in that venue with our friends that what they shared was real. What they shared was from their heart. And it was a real experience that they discovered a deeper love. And they'd push through. They'd actually kept the faith even when they weren't seeing any results. And they persevered and they persevered. Here's what I know, even from my own experience, that in those dark moments, it would be so easy just to be a quitter. And yet the Bible says that God hates divorce. He does because it wrecks relationships. It wrecks... Um, so much and you end up taking baggage with you. You know, there's so many people I talk to who have been through divorce and the tragedy of divorce and they've got these ghost-like shadows that, that invade their thinking and their space so often. So instead of that, what if you were to be like these friends of mine who pushed through? And what if you were just to hang in there and just think, well, okay, I can't change my partner, but I can work in changing me. What if I can become an outstanding example of what a loving person is like? What if I can actually just choose to love and choose to give and be in this relationship anyway? And I know that's tough. I know that's demanding. I know that 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 is going to demand more of you. And yet, Jesus' words still ring in my ears that if you love those who love you what reward will you have even even the pagans do that Jesus says but he said if you, if you love those who use you then you will have reward with your heavenly father because then your love is being perfected like God's love God loves everyone whether they love him or not And I would want to encourage you in the relationships that matter most in your life to continue to hang in there, to have hope, invest in that space and be an outstanding example of love to them. Well, stay tuned. There's so much more to come on Faith FM. Mm -hmm.
0: the one and only Grego Pille, one of our local artists right here in the Lake Macquarie area and of course um, if you want to hear him you can head to his church down at Toronto where they uh, have worship service every Saturday and uh, he has just an amazing singing voice. We have a question that has come in for our question of the day and a listener, oh hey we've got an answer to our quiz too. We do, do. Some,
1: some sharp person knew it.
0: Yes and the answer of course is Michelle.
1: From Michelle.
0: <laughs> Michelle answered the question, Michelle. So I guess a Michelle would know Michelle I think she in the would, Bible. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think, you know, if you have someone in the Bible named after you, you probably know a lot about them.
0: Of course, the Michelle in the Bible is spelt with the Hebrew spelling M-I-C-H-A-L.
1: Are there any Lyles in the Bible? No. Are there any monikers in the Bible? No. Oh, man, we missed out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's our question, Lyles? Like? Okay, question of the day. Question of the day that has come in from a listener is this one. What did Jesus mean when he said, take up your cross and follow? So whereabouts would you even find that in the Bible?
1: Luke 14. like Luke, Luke 14.
0: 14. And if you go down to verse 27, why don't you read that one for us there?
1: Luke fourteen twenty-seven says, Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple.
0: Okay, now the Bible, Jesus continues on here. And uh, read us a, little, a few more verses there because um, it gives us an insight. The context gives us an insight into what Jesus is actually talking about.
1: Yeah, I hope it gives us some more insight because I personally know that I could not carry a cross. You know those big crosses that people get crucified on? Do not have the upper arm strength to carry that. Mm -hmm. So verse 28 goes on and it says, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish.
0: Okay, so Jesus here brings out this whole concept of counting the cost Mm. beforehand. What has been happening, uh, a little bit of background, is that Jesus has had massive crowds of people following him. And they're all excited because Jesus does amazing miracles. He feeds 5,000 people with just a couple of loaves and fishes. There are lots of people being healed. All of these incredible events are happening. And so they're like, yeah, we're going to follow Jesus. And then Jesus says, wait a minute, you need to stop and count the cost of what it actually means to be a disciple. Mm. Because to be a disciple is not just following me around, receiving from all of my miracles. I'm not just, just a Father Christmas here.
1: Yeah, I'm a vending machine. It
0: actually involves, here's what it's going to take. If you want to, If you really want to follow me, you're going to need to take up your cross. Now the Bible expands on this and I really like what Paul says about it in Galatians 2 and verse 20 of course we're doing that in our encounter with God section don't miss that as we get onto it tomorrow mm-hmm. where Paul says I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of man who loved me and gave himself for me Now Paul obviously is I'm crucified with Christ Nevertheless I live. Clearly he's writing the book of Galatians. He's talking about death to self. Okay. So to be a follower of Jesus you need to count the cost. It's going to cost you yourself.
1: And we talked about this yesterday, didn't we? Like dying to yourself. Central to Christianity. Putting other people first, putting Jesus first. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And you know, dying to all of those things that, you know, just drag us down and try and drag us away from God.
1: So, the cross could essentially be all the things that we put before ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Making Jesus number one in our lives.
1: We are now going to be listening to Jaden Lavick with I Surrender All. And we'll be back after that with our gift. Ooh, always I can't love wait to, to give something the away. Gift, Lyle. It's a good one today. <laughs> Back to faith FM you're here with Lyle and Mon and Lyle I have a question for you. You do. Would you consider yourself a thinking person?
0: I would consider myself a thinking person.
1: Well any thinking people out there today
0: mm, which is and, pretty much everyone I think Well,
1: you never know you might have some thoughtless people.
0: I don't know <laughs> that I've ever met somebody who never thinks.
1: Well, that, that that was the point, Lyle. I was going to try and, like, you know, speak to everyone. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. So, everybody. We everybody have a gift
1: for thinking people. Okay. We have a book. It's called Story of Hope. and. I love the back of it because it says how did our world get so messed up why is there suffering where did evil come from and will it ever end questions like these trouble many thinking people
0: and this is one of the most important questions that there is for anybody who is religious
1: and science has no answers and philosophy has many conflicting answers how do we find the truth find out by contacting us and getting this book it was written by E.G. White who incidentally is the world's most widely translated female author. Big up for the women out there.
0: Yes, absolutely, Fabulous. and a very significant uh, citizen of the Lake Macquarie
1: district. You know it. Started some of the largest.
0: She started some of the largest industries right here for those of you in the Newcastle area. And she started some of the largest industries in this area. She started um, a large college in this area. She's a
1: historic, historically um, and she important was, of
0: course living, this was back in the 1800s yeah. How many women were doing this kind of thing back In the 1800s? She was a
1: trailblazer and you can Get Absolutely. one of her books today, all you need to do is contact Us on 1-800-FAITH-FM Or you can text to 0491 064 669 Or hit us up on our Facebook FAITH-FM Australia or even just jump on Our website.
0: Yeah, she was one of the uh, Instigators of the Sanitarium Health Food Company, so if you had your wee wow. this morning Or any other Sanitarium product, that's a well-known Brand and in the 1800s. That was all instigated by a woman.
1: Do you know what? That's it, very progressive. I feel like for those every days. day we have these giveaways, and at the end of the giveaway, all I want to do is keep it for myself. <laughs> 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 this woman was truly uh, a, a beacon and a, and a model, a, f- a role model for for the future future women of the world. You know, we can really look to her and see what she did, and uh, and just know that you know women certainly are used by God and have so much potential and capacity to.
0: And somebody who has Trailblaze. the answers to some of the most toughest questions mm. that we find in our world today. If you have enjoyed the program today and would like to know more about the Bible, then give us a call on 1-800-324-843 or send us a text 491 or drop us a message on Facebook. You can get the free book, but you can also contact us to learn more about the Bible. We can uh, arrange that for you either in a one-on-one Bible study or a small group format or by correspondence because we know people. Who know people It's true And we, we can sell that out So give us a call um, Stay tuned now We have more great programming Coming up after this We're going to have Some more of Jaden Lavick Coming up He's going to bring to us I need thee And we certainly need Jesus Every hour
2: in prayer.